When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome back, everyone. How are you all doing today? I'm doing great because I am recording another episode for you all. So yay me, (laughs) but hopefully yay you because as you can see by the title, I'll be giving my first impressions of 2521, one of the latest um, aired dramas on Netflix. And it is, it is in the midst of a lot of other dramas that are airing. So I'm going to have a lot of, I think, first impressions coming up this week or in the week after. And I'm excited about that. But I just brace yourself for a lot of, you know, episodes, I think, because I have a lot of first impressions to, to get to. I definitely want to do 2521 because previously when I was preparing for all the K-dramas that were coming up in February, I put this on the top of my list of to watch. I really connected with the little trailer that they presented and I just thought it with its nostalgia and its kind of vintage feel, I thought it was going to be, you know, something I just kind of gravitated towards naturally. So I had it on the top of my list to watch. So I am ready to go, ready to tell you all about the first two episodes of 2521. Usually in my first impressions, I kind of just do like a, a lump in together the first two episodes and just kind of summarize them together. But what I think I'm going to do for this one is I'm going to go from, you know, go over episode one first and then go into episode two. And I'm probably going to do more of like recaps for both of these episodes and kind of intersperse throughout my recap of these episodes, give a little bit um, of my impression. So you'll have my kind of overall impressions over the first two episodes. But I definitely think this is going to be something that you know I I think it's going to be something that you might want to listen to to prepare yourself for if you're going to watch this or not Um, I don't know what what, I don't know what you're going to get from this but what I got from the first two episodes I kind of you know kind of left me with some things to think about so let's go ahead and let's get started with episode one and again I'm going to kind of go through some kind of speed recap kind of thing and in the process of recapping also giving my impressions all right so So episode one, first thing that I want to say is that, and I think this is underrated um, or understated and no one talks about it enough, but like, you know, the openings for K-dramas, I feel like back in the day, the openings of K-dramas usually got cut off when we were watching it. Um, So I just never really got to see some of the cool openings that they have. But um, obviously for a lot of the Netflix K-dramas, they have these really nice openings. And I just had to give a shout out to this um, opening for 2521. Absolutely beautiful. It has like this vintage film kind of um, layover, like, you know, that layover overlay uh, so that you can kind of see it looks like you're, you know, watching something that's pretty dated. Super cool. Super beautiful. Love the opening. So just quick shout out for the opening of the drama. Great, let's go. Let's jump into the actual episode. So once we get into the um, first episode, we kind of open to the setting of it being current time. So what we're currently dealing with, which is living through COVID. So we get to see these characters with their mask on. There's like, you know, you know, no notes and stuff about the COVID and things like that. So we are introduced to present day as in our present day and this drama's present day is the same um which I thought was pretty unique I mean not many shows or new things that are airing are kind of setting it in this kind of COVID times so I thought that was interesting that they chose to do so with that 
Um, so I was like, okay, this is cool. So now we know where we are in present day. Um, at this present day, we are outside of, a, we're inside of an, um, an audition, a dance audition, and we meet a young girl named Min Che. Min Che is getting dropped off by her mom to go into the audition for ballet. It's a ballet audition. And her mom kind of, you know, is like, okay, good luck, you know, and leaves. And you again, this is a nod to the COVID times because it's basically like there's no one inside of the audition, you know, space and you know, everyone else has to leave. And so Min Che's mother goes wait in the car while she goes to audition. Immediately, Min Che is up there waiting for her turn to get on stage. And she's watching the, the dancer before her. And as soon as her name gets called to move on next for her audition, she just gives up she's like absolutely not I can't do this and she just walks away she just walks away from the audition packs up her kind of dance stuff and and exits when she comes out of course her mother is running from the car like wait 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 what are you doing what's going on are you giving up and Min Che tells her mother yes I'm done with ballet she throws her ballet attire stuff that she you know had packed just in the trash and she immediately is like I'm done and then the next scene we see her that she has run away to her grandmother's house her grandmother's house um, is obviously her mother's childhood home because as soon as she gets there, she gets to, you know, unload her stuff in her mother's old bedroom. And the grandmother is, you know, kind of like, you know, sitting her down, talking with her. They're having something to eat. And they start a conversation about like, you know, grandma's like, why, you know, why did you decide to do this? Like, what's going to happen now? Like, you're done with ballet. You used to love ballet. So what, what else is there? You know, what other dreams do you have to pursue? And, you know, the Minche tells her grandmother, you know what? I don't know what it is with you adults, but I, can I just tell you that I don't have a dream and you just like, believe me, like, I don't have anything else I want to do right now. I don't have some grand dream. I don't, I don't know. I don't have anything for you. And I thought that was pretty unique and cool that this young character kind of let the, let this adult, this grandmother know, I don't have a dream. It's, I don't know what that is right now. I'm done with ballet. That's all I do now. So I thought that was that was a nice little nod to this young Minche character. But Minche then goes into her mother's old bedroom and she starts to kind of there's a scene of her like pulling out these old relics of <laughs> old relics. They're not really old relics, but they're basically, you know, um, you know, a cassette tape, you know, a tape, you know, cassette tape player, you know, these little cool knickknacks that, uh, you know, if you were around during that time, you got to use uh, heavily. And she's looking at it like, oh, these are cool. This is cool. What is this? And then she runs across her mother's old kind of journal or diary, or, or would you say diary? She pulls it out and immediately this starts the flashback to the um, the past that we're going to go into. So in the flashback, we go to um, 1998, I believe, and we immediately meet this excitable um, 18-year-old girl. Um, and we know, we'll find out her name is Hido, but in the moment, we don't know what her name is. We just know this is Min Che's mother, younger, in the past. So we meet Hido. And Hito is played by Kim Tae-ri. Um, and her name is Na Hito. And she's this 18-year-old. She's super excitable. Like, she's so, like, she's she's very loud, to say the least. But she always looks forward to Saturdays. And she looks forward to Saturdays the most. Um because she gets to run across town to the other high school and watch um, a young, another high schooler who is a young fencing student like herself. So yes, the sport of fencing um, is very prevalent in this drama. So Hido, she believes, she's the kind of young adult who believes she's too young to lose anything. She, she actually believes that what she has possession of right now is her dreams and her admiration of this girl that she you know wants to be dreams to be the rival of at one point but she admires her and she looks up to her and she's a huge fan of this um fellow high school student and this fellow high school student name is Ko Yurim. And Ko Yurim is like a, a gold medalist fencing and at fencing in Korea and so she's like a superstar. Um and so, of course, you know, it makes sense that Hido would look up to her and admire to be her rival at one day um, at, in, in the sport of fencing. But yeah, Mido, uh, I said Mido, Hido, she, you know, is kind of naive in that she does not see herself ever 
losing that dream and nothing could ever stop that dream from happening. That is something that she feels like she's never going to lose. Um, and this is kind of juxtaposed against like what's currently happening in Korea at this time in history, which is the IMF crisis. Um, and so this is, you know, when huge companies and corporations went under bankruptcy abound um and so you know this is something that she kind of notices on the news but you know she doesn't really pay attention and it's ironic because her mother is actually a news anchor so she's kind of like a little public figure um in this in this kind of late 90s scene and yet her daughter completely like sees the news but she's kind of like well that doesn't affect me i'm too young to really be affected by that stuff so she thinks um so that immediately takes us to her you know at her school you know going to our fencing club and literally the next day she's like going to our fencing club they're getting ready to meet and the coach is standing in front of them and he tells them yeah so the fencing club is being defunded because of the IMF crisis no more fencing have fun good luck out there and immediately he is like absolutely not how dare you and she tells him she says you know, how dare you try to crush my dreams like that? You know, how how dare you, you know, crush my dreams? Why would you do something like that? And he looks her dead in the face and he tells her, you know, I didn't crush your dreams. The times crushed your dreams. And so that's the kind of first introduction of this kind of concept of the times um, or like it. the times becomes this kind of background character that everyone talks about and everyone knows of and it's almost like a villain who comes in to you know to to hand you (laughs) you know I mean basically to bring you to a reckoning at some point the times so she this is when we first hear that kind of concept and then after that we are immediately met with a um oh this is this is I want to finish this out really quickly so after she kind of realizes that this is not happening fencing is not going to work she's like I have to fence like this is there's nothing else that I want to do more than to dream to be the rival or a rival of Yodim and so if if I don't fence I can't do that that's my dream that's what I'm living for right now so she um you know brings this up to her mom and she's like begging her mom like I can't I don't I need to get out of I need to transfer schools I need to go where there's a fencing club let me transfer schools over you know where Uterim goes to school like let me go there and and her mother's like uh no and she (laughs) tells her like you're not good enough anymore you're not talented enough at fencing for me to allow you to transfer schools for that reason and so that's when we realize that her mother doesn't support her in the fencing. But we also learn that that there was a time where she was good. And right now she's currently in some kind of slump, but she still, you know, lives and breathes fencing. Um, and then we meet after kind of going through the process of, you know, learning about um Hido, we meet Bake Yijin. And Bake Yijin is played by Nam Ju Hyuk. We meet him with a beautiful kind of scene riding a bike um, in this gorgeous kind of scenery down the you know road of this neighborhood. And we find out that he is actually delivering, you know, newspapers. And he is grown at this point we can say he is grown and he's you know awkward in delivering of you know of these you know papers and he just you can tell is not having it he doesn't want anything to do with this but he has to do this you can tell um so he's having a rough time his first day on the on the paper route um and he goes and he's throwing around his paper and then he gets to this kind of nice house at the top of the hill. This nice house happens to be Hito's. And after she's having this kind of big explosive argument with her mother, she kind of storms outside to leave. And he is, you know, on his paper route and he's throwing the paper over into her yard. And it, you know, hits a statue of a little uh, water fountain statue on her yard and knocks off, you know, breaks it. And it's a little statue of a, like a little peen boy. And so he knocks off. Off, you know he's he snaps off the little part where that was peeing and she immediately is just and Hito is immediately kind of you know annoyed and upset at that and she goes yelling after the person who dressed through this newspaper and as she's yelling at him he realizes like okay like I get it I'm sorry but like what do you want from me like do you want money like what is it and she's like 
I don't want anything. I just want to yell at you. You know, she kind of lets him know. She just wants to yell. She's she's letting out her anger on him and her frustrations out on him. And she tells him that. And he's like, okay, but okay, I'm I'm sorry. You know, like, I don't know what else to tell you. But it was nice to see in that first interaction that it was obviously a very kind of like weird and rude interaction however they both like stood their ground like she knew she was angry and she just was taking it out on him and he knew he didn't do anything to her I mean even though he did break the little fountain he's like it's 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 you know what I'm sorry you know so I thought that was nice that they both kind of like were them their whole selves in that first interaction that first meeting of, um, of one another so after that, you know, we start to find out a little bit more about Yijin. Yijin is actually stopping out of college um, when, when we actually find out episode two, but he was in college to do engineering and he was a smart kid, grew up from, you know, grew up in a wealthy family. His father actually had one of the businesses that was affected with the IMF, IMF crisis and went completely bankrupt. And his father basically divorced his mother and, you know, you know, separated from his family to take his debt with him and kind of leave his family with nothing, but at least not with the debt, you know, his debt. So he kind of runs off. Um, and we learned that, you know, at one point he was, you know, living and thriving. We also learned that he's 22 years old at this point. Um, so he is, like I said, college age, college student who isn't in college right now because he's just trying to live. He has no money. He's just trying to, you know, support him and his, um, his family, but he lives on his own. Um, and this is an important note because again, our main lead care, um, you know, character, Hido is actually 18, you know, so she's still in high school and Yijin obviously is not. So this is something that I kind of paid attention to in the beginning and the episode one, because I was like, wait, are they, they're supposed to be, this drama is supposed to be about their romance, their falling in love, their love story. But I was a little kind of like, hmm, so he's older than her. And they already set the dichotomy up that he is, I mean, they make it very apparent. And then it's something that they continue to talk about throughout the first two episodes of like how she's a young adult. And I mean, she's like a young, she's super young. She's, you know, whatever. And he's, you know, he's an adult and he's dealing with the hard, hard ways of life right now, you know, and they keep showing that difference between the two. And I don't know how to feel about that just yet. Um, they, they you know, often haven't crossed any lines or anything like that, but I just was like, hmm, okay, are they going to allow them to fast forward? And then, you know, her grow up a little bit more and then they interact again. I don't know, but I was, that was something I did want to note very early on that I noticed that, okay, there's a little age difference here. So either way, let's keep going in episode one. So we basically meet up with um, Hito again, and she is in the process of trying to figure out what she's going to do to get herself transferred to the other school. Um, and the other school, again, is where Yudram is, is, goes to school, and it's a co-ed school because Hito's in the all-girls school. Um, and she basically um, wants to you know, work with the coach that's there, but also work with Yurim. So she goes to the coach and she actually begs the coach at this other school to let, to take her in. She's like, I know I can't come to school, but like, can you like, just like take me under your wing? And the coach is like, absolutely not. If you want to be, you know, coached by me, you need to be at this school. So, you know, makes it up, you know, in her mind, like I have to get myself <laughs> to this school. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to get here. So she comes up with these little lists, um, these little plans to try to get herself into, get her transferred to that school without the help of her mother. Her first thing that she decides to do is to, um, get into a fight. She's like, if I get into a fight, if I sold a student, um, they should basically kick me out. You know, that's her plan that fails in a cute way. Next thing she does is she's like, okay, well, let me get into like an actual fight, like a large group fight. She tries to kind of stage that doesn't work, fails again. Then her final plan is that she's going to go to a nightclub and as an underage, you know, girl in a nightclub she's gonna get drunk and you know do things she's probably shouldn't do in a nightclub and then hopefully the cops get called and she you know gets kicked out of school 
<laughs> and the cops call her school and then she get kissed out of school so again this is her final plan final plan and when she goes to the club she's dressed up in her best kind of like adult attire for a club um night out and she you know comes in she's immediately ushered into this little room with the party and this party of course has the paper route boy that she met earlier there and of course he knows she's a high school student because when he met her she was in her high school uniform so you know she she joins the, the the little you know group and he immediately is just like shaking his head like what are you doing here and you know he's there with these people that are his supposed friends but they end up embarrassing him and kind of talking you know rudely to him about him you know now being his family going bankrupt um and in the midst of this you know Hito's just trying to start drinking so that again she can get caught you know underage drinking and (laughs) paper route boy who we know is Yijin is like absolutely not you need to get out of here he's like trying to you know black knight her by a white night her drinking her you know drinking the drinks for her and she's like would you stop you know like this is a part of my plan like I need to I need to drink <laughs> and he's not having it of course he's not listening so he, what he does what he needs to do to basically get everybody out of the club so that she can he can get her out without the cops not being called on her or whatever and again this goes against her plan and she yells this at him you know they you know get outside the club and he immediately gets like what were you thinking you this whatever this is I don't know what you were trying to do why you're trying to pretend to be a delinquent but it was stupid it's unsafe like it was dangerous that was stupid and she's like well it doesn't matter if it was stupid I was trying to do this for my dream like I have something that I'm trying to pursue and this is my dream and this is what I I got desperate enough to do this and he's like I don't care if you're desperate enough it's stupid and so they go back and forth and they're arguing about this you know this decision of hers that she has made and in the process again they're showing this dichotomy between these two like he you know thinks of her as this young girl who's you know you know reckless and doing things that you know she's not even thinking twice about which again is a sign of being super young um and then as opposed to him who you know is able to notice this and knows that this is a dangerous situation he kind of you know points this out to her like what he can see versus what she can see because of their ages again I was like hmm there's a lot of emphasis on their ages here I don't know how I feel about that (laughs) but again he also mentions in this little interaction with her the times again the that character the times comes up again and the times he says you know and she's like well this is the time that we're in like I need to do this for this and he's like well the times can do a lot of things they can take away your dream and your money in money and for your family all at once uh you know of course that is him speaking about his own situation um and so they but even in this interaction they have again one of their kind of first one of their many interactions but it's you know pretty early on in their relationship and again they set up this the way that they interact with each other as just like so open and honest like at no point do they feel like they're like hiding anything from each other they kind of just lay everything out to bear to one another and I just I don't know it was really refreshing to see that I love that I just felt like there was something so authentic uh, yeah authentic about the way they interacted and it was like very welcome I don't know how realistic it is like most people don't do that but the way that they their characters continue to meet and interact it was just like they were laying it bare to this to each other and they were strangers basically at this point so I thought that was really interesting and and also refreshing like I said but you know he again is 22 you know out of college dropout currently he works you know part-time gigs he does the paper route and he works at a you know bookstore kind of rental place uh, where he like rents out you know comics and things like that and she's a frequent um person like she frequents this little bookstore um rental place all the time and so she sees him there and that's another way that they start interacting they find each other you know find out each other's names but again they are growing close together pretty quickly um in these little interactions that they keep having and another little aspect of um Hido is that she you know in the 90s kind of world (laughs) she likes to be in chat rooms you know and so she's always in this chat room laying it bare to this you know 
random person that she chats with and this person you know is always there to hear about all the things that she's dealing with and all the things she's going you know going through her head and kind of how she's like her school situation and transferring all that so like she's always chatting with this person and I again that person is someone that she's very open with and she lays it all to bear to and she's super they're super honest with each other and I um, thought it was really really cute too this moment where she's like talking about you know you know her 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 traumas and her struggles right now and the person in the chat room is like you know what like should we meet you whatever and she's like I don't know we should meet because like you know I don't know and he and the person's like well yeah that's probably true that's probably why we're able to be so open and honest with each other because we don't know each other we don't need know each other's faces like this is probably you know why we're able to be this way with each other And and she's like oh yeah I think that is and that comes back to play in episode two. So, um, you know, as episode one is going on and coming to an end there, she, after her interaction with, you know, Yijin and how he tells her, like, what her ideas for trying to get transferred was stupid, you know, she decides to, you know, get the courage up again to ask her mother to help her transfer out of her school. So she talks to her mom and her mom immediately is like, nope, I don't, I don't support this, da, da, da. And then we find out that Hito's father has passed, obviously, because she's, you know, with her, you know, just with her mother in the home. And she says, like, basically, you've never been there for me since my father passed. Like, you've never been supporting me. Like, of course, I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with right now because you never, you're, you're never here to help. And so of course her mother kind of storms out on that and is angry but then the next thing we know is see her mother make a call her mother makes a call to the coach from the other school and apparently she knows this coach I you know I don't I didn't really pick up on how they knew each other but she seemed a little (laughs) a little shameless because it seemed like they had some kind of history that wasn't the best and yet she was still coming to her asking her to take her daughter in so she does end up getting into the other school um because of her mom obviously (laughs) um and she doesn't know this but she just gets a call from the coach basically and the coach is like you know you're in let's let's do this so she is transferred so that is the end of episode one I will just say there was moments in this episode that I (laughs) I don't know how else to say this but I was bored I know I kind of excitedly kind of went through that recap for episode one, but there were moments where I was just like, I'm bored. Um, and I think it was because there were, there were points where I I just felt like it was very, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there was a little, it was a little see-through. Like you could see exactly what was, how it was going to play out like her and her little plans to, you know, get transferred like they were so like okay of course these aren't gonna work out so it was just like those were a little too long you know and even the one with the the club I thought could be a little bit more you know like dangerous a little bit more risky that one ended really quickly too like he just immediately you know whisked her out of there I mean yes it moves on their relationship a little bit more but I was expecting her to kind of have a little bit more of a real moment um and see the danger in that and she you know didn't learn anything in that moment but you know either way but there were some points that that I was just a little bored in episode one. What I was feeling a little connected with Hido's character, though. I think she, there. I mean, she can be loud. I mean, there were moments where I was like, okay, calm, quiet down, quiet down, Hido. But she is. I do like her kind of shamelessness. I do like her kind of recklessness. I do like her excitability. Like she's just you know like a you know puppy jumping all over the place. And I kind of like it. I kind of do like it. But there were elements where I was like, okay, now I'm getting a little annoyed. So calm down calm down um but either way I do like her um so that was the first thing I kind of gravitated towards was like okay I like Hito Yijin I'm not sure about Yijin after episode one I was like hmm I see where they're going with his storyline but it was starting to it was starting to feel like a little again obvious a lot of it was just like this is we've seen this before and you're not bringing anything new or different to it so yeah, that was my thoughts after episode one. So let's jump on and to episode two. So in episode two, we go back to present day with Min Che and grandma. And we now know grandma Grandma um, is actually, you know, the mother of um, Hito. And so we find out that Min Che is the daughter of Hito. Well, we already found that out in the first episode, but just to kind of make it plain, because we recognize the grandmother as... Um, Hito's mother 
from the past. So they're back, you know, having their conversations and kind of going over what they're going over. And, you know, her mother, you know, is like calling Ben Che, like, what are you coming home? Like, what are you doing? And she's like, you know, I'm talking with grandma, like, leave me alone. Uh, so now we go back to um, past time, back in the 90, late 90s, 98. Um, and we are seeing Yijin, um after seeing <laughs> Yijin, he's like doing his little paper route and he is at Hido's house. And while he's, you know, getting ready to, you know, pass over her, you know, little newspaper, Hido is yelling at him, you know, as he's riding by, like, guess what? I, I was able to transfer. I'll now be able to fence again. I'm so excited. Like, you know, she's like yelling at him, you know, like how excited she is. But, you know, he's he's bike riding down the road while she's screaming this at him. Again, she's loud. And he's he stops at the end where she can't see him, but he's listening to her, you know, being excited about now being able to transfer schools and fencing again. And he kind of just like shakes his head and then he like, you know, whispers congratulations to her and goes on with her route. So that's how we enter into episode two and their little um, past relationship. Um, now we are in the new school. This new school is the co-ed school. We get introduced to Ji Wong or Ji Wong um, and he is the kind of self-proclaimed cool kid and he's one of the other main characters in this drama and he's played by Choi Hyung Wook and then we also again get to meet Yurim played by Bona. And we also get to meet the class president. Um, her character name is Ji Sung Wan, and she's played by Yi Ju Myung. So these are our other kind of side characters that we get to meet, or uh, actual main characters that we get to meet in this new school that um, Hido is now in. And like I said, Ji Wong, we get to see him. He's the self-proclaimed cool kid. Um, he admits that he has a crush on Yurim. Um, everyone thinks that he's in love with the class president because they've known each other since, you know, they were, you know, in diapers. And he's like, nope, absolutely not. She's like my sister. I like Yurim. Like he makes that present when we, you know, presently clear when we meet him. Um, and then we go back to Yi, I'm sorry, and we go back to Hido, who is very excited and just, you know, over the moon that she's now in Yudrim's world. Um, and this is something that she was basically trying to get to. It's like, I want to get into Yudrim's world. I want to get there. And now she's there. In their first kind of meeting, though, <laughs> it's very tense. She's, you know, beginning introducing herself to the new fencing club that she's in. And Yudrim is late because she's doing, working on something else. And during the introduction, Yudrim shows up and the coach immediately is like, hey, Yudrim, now that you're here, I want you to go ahead and kind of like, you know, go ahead and fence with our new kid here so that you can, you know, see what she's about and then Yudrim looks her up and down and she's like uh, I don't know who she is I don't even know her name like why should I have to do that <laughs> and yeah, Hido is immediately kind of like okay um she's like you know doesn't let her face her immediately but she just kind of like you know lets her know that she's a huge fan of Yudrim and she just is like I I cannot tell you how much I I adore you and admire you and Yudrim rips her a new one right there, right then and there. And she's like, I don't know why you, what you think you're doing here, but you're just like all the other ones. You're only here. You're not good enough to really play on my level. You only have you here for money and funding. Da, 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 da. I mean, goes in on her. And so Hido's world starts to collapse right before her eyes. Like her whole thing was like she wanted just to play with Yurim. She wanted to train with Yurim. She wanted to get close to her. And we get a montage of that not happening. Yurim won't, won't have anything to do with her. She ignores her. She won't even look her in the face. Like that's how bad it is when she starts to, you know, starts this school with Yurim. But mind you, Yurim outside of Hido is adorable. She's super sweet. She's super kind. She has friends, you know, like she doesn't seem horrible at any means, um, but she, in any means, but she is when it comes to Hido, like she just is so standoffish. I mean, like not even just standoffish, like just rude and mean. Um, and we, of course, find out there are some different reasons for that. One of them being that when they were younger, Yurim and Mido, I said Mido, I keep calling her Mido. Hido actually 
you know, played against, sparred against one another when, you know, in a little competition when they were younger. And Hito won. Back then, Hito was the kind of prodigy fencing superstar. And Yudin was not. And she was kind of always scared of the fact that she was never going to be good enough playing against her. Oh, but boy, have the tables turned, right? So they're completely opposite, you know, situations in the present, you know, and they're, you know, as older. Um, But when they were younger, it was the other way around. But it's not obvious if Hito is aware of this information, if she remembers this or not. We don't really know. But we do know Yurim is very aware of it. Um, and we also see something about, like, Yurim being a little self-conscious about, you know, money maybe. Because in their first interaction, like, she, you know, there's some, they're talking about Hito's um, shoes and how, you know, they're the latest, you know, coolest shoes. And Yurim immediately looks down at her shoes and, like, starts to kind of, like, try to hide herself, hide her shoes. And so we kind of know there's something there um, with uterine and, and money. Um, we also find out that Yi Jin, um, he has a younger brother who lives with his aunt and they're separated and his goal is to basically get himself, you know, you know, on his feet again so that he can take back in, you know, take in his younger brother. Um, you know, to take care of him. Um, but we also find out that Yijin knows Yurim. And we know this because he used, his family used to sponsor her when she was an up-and-coming kind of fencer, like in the sports arena. Like, that's what his family was doing, was sponsoring her. Um, and they finally meet up, Yijin and Yurim, after, I guess, some time of not speaking with one another. And immediately Yurim is like, upset with him and she's frustrated with him and she's mad at him and she tells him like you know why did you not um you know lean on me during that time and you know I've always relied on you and your family and you you know I was always leaning on you but you wouldn't allow me that chance you know so she's kind of mad at him in regards to that and while they're having this little kind of moment this is on her campus too like Yijin has visited her on her school campus um we also see that Hido notices their interactions and she sees you know Yurim upset and crying and she's like whoa what is what is their relationship and sure enough um Yijin and Hido end up you know meeting up at the bus stop and they're riding the bus together after this and she starts to question him about his relationship with Yurim and from her perspective she does not like Yurim anymore like Yurim she's like my little my facade that whatever I thought she you know was it's just kind of gone um and she you know she's like why do you how do you know her you know what's what's your relationship are you dating and he tells her like no and he even says again another mention about the age situation he even mentions he's like no I'm not dating her high schoolers should date high schoolers and adults should date adults and I was just like okay okay hope you that's that's the you're gonna keep that same I don't know. I was just like, okay, interesting that he said that. I was like, I hope he keeps that same energy while she all the way through, right? Okay, but anyway, you know, so he's like, no, that's not that relationship. But she is, he was someone for her to always, you know, rely on is kind of how he explains it um, in whatever sense. Um, but then we also find out later that Yi Jin, when he goes back to his little place that he's renting, that his landlord's daughter is the class president so we now have you know all of them all these characters connected in some way um but uh, oh yeah and then we also get to see the chat buddy situation again because again remember Hito likes to be in chat room and chatting with this one particular person and the chat buddy and you know in in and Hito are talking about, you know, how disappointed she is in y- Yurim and how, you know, that's not at all what she was imagine- imagining it to be when she got over to that school. And then the chat buddy kind of seems to be taking, like, feeling really bad for her. And he's like, do you want to meet up now? And then at this point, Hito's like, you know what? Why not? Why not? It wouldn't even hurt, probably. And I think they kind of show that it may be Yijin is her chat buddy this whole time. And to me, that was interesting because I was like, remember how I was like, when they met, immediately I felt like they had this intense connection. Like they just understood each other. They were just open with each other and honest with each other. And I felt like that's something that the chat buddy 
and you know Hito had recognized about their relationship how they're just so open with each other and so honest so I was like is that their connection is that their tie I don't know but I think that's what the episode in episode two they showed us was that Yijin is actually her chat room buddy but there was no confirmation for sure. Uh, but either way, they they kind of say they're going to meet up, but I don't think they actually schedule or plan anything to meet up. Um, the next thing that is kind of like, you know, just important to point out is that um, because Hido and Yudrim are like not having each other, they won't even look at each other. They just, just like a wall between the two. The coach kind of notices that and she has them do a practice match against each other. Of course, well not of course, actually Hido ends up beating Yurim in this match. And of course Yurim is upset by this, but Hido, she tries to play it cool. It's like, I don't know how I beat her, but you know, it is what it is, beginner's luck, I don't know. And the coach is like, no, you beat her because you know how she plays in and out. You're an actual fan of hers. Like that's how you beat her. And Yurim, you lost because you don't know anything about her. You just completely ignore her and don't even try to attempt to learn anything about her. And so she's going to beat you because she knows you and you don't know her. It's a surprise, you know? And so I thought that was a little kind of lesson for you, Rim. Was it a little heavy handed? Maybe. But, you know, I thought that was something they were trying to bring us, some, bring us something about you, Rim's character. And I thought that was good. Um, and then you, Rim, again, and Hito have a little you know, stale interaction where Yurim asks Hito, do you, why do you like me so much? And Hito's like, I just, because I respect you and I admire you. Like, it's an honor. And Yurim was like, well, that's BS. And she's like, don't tell me it's BS because these are my feelings. And they go back and forth, but that's it. And Hito kind of leaves her on that. Um, and then the other thing to note is Hito is in this new school and she's like exploring the little different places in the school. She ends up in like the radio station room, you know, where they would host a little radio show or record the radio show. And she's talking with the class president who's also in there and there and she's looking at old cassette tapes. And in the on the cassette tapes, she see like whose names are, you know, students' names written on it. And she see Yijin's name written on it, Bake Yijin. And she's like, yeah, I want if it's the same Yijin that I know and she was like I and the class president is like well the word is on the street that he used to be super famous he was so gorgeous he was so cool he was so smart you know he was rich everyone loved him so and then Tito's like hmm, I wonder if that's mine so they press play on the little tape to listen and of course they give us a flashback of Yijin recording this at the high school so he also went to this high school graduated from this high school and he in the you know flashback he's so excited he's talking about being young and hopeful and youthful and he's kind of cheerful and even Hito notices that in his voice listening to him on the cassette tape she's like hey he sounds a lot more cheerful than he does now these days and it's like of course he does um and we see him he used to play in a band in high school we just see him living his best life in this flashback and then we also see all his life crumble right before his eyes with the whole thing with his father and his company going bankrupt. And so we see that. Um, and it's, 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 it's sad. It's, it's a little sad. <sighs> but there is a moment that gets really heavy handed with his storyline. And I was... I can't, I can't tell you how much I was shaking my head at this scene. So then, you know, it cuts to him at home and some men are basically at his home looking for him and yelling at him. And he's outside of his home in front of these two guys who are crying and yelling at him about what his father's company did and how their lives are horrible and miserable now because of his father and he can't, they can't feed their family. They can't take send their kids to college because of his father. And Eden's standing, standing there, you know, you know, crying and upset. He's like, he tells the men, you know, because of what my father, because of everything that happened and, and me looking at what you two are, men are going through, I will never be happy again. I'll make sure that I'm never happy again. I refuse to be happy again. I will take on the burden of my father's debt and never be happy again. I will pay you back by never being happy again. I mean, you hear how ridiculous I sound right now? Like that's how ridiculous it sounded in that scene. And it was so bad that the actors were, did a horrible job. Like they couldn't even get the lines out properly themselves because it was such a bad, bad, bad scene, bad line, bad everything. I could not believe they put that on Yijin. Like I can't believe they did that. It was so bad. Talk about heavy handed. Oh my goodness. I can't believe they did that. 
And of course, guess who's watching this whole moment? Who was, you know, she was going to bring him something from the bookstore that his boss wanted her, to, you know, him to have. So she was going to, you know, bring that to him. Of course, Hito is standing there witnessing all of this. This is a dramatic moment. And after the men leave, she immediately come, you know, approaches him and it's like, you know, they, they have a little chat. So they're sitting having a chat about their dreams. And we find out that Yijin wanted to work for NASA at some point. Um, and, you know, and she's all like, wow, you know, that must be rough. And, she, and he's like, he, he mentions to her that he likes that she's reckless. And he says she reminds him of himself when he was her age. And she's looking at him with these little pitiful eyes. And she even asked him. And I thought it was kind of cute. She was like, do you want to turn back time? like what and he's like uh yeah desperately I want to turn back time and I thought that was you know funny but I was like come on really you don't have to do him like that so she does that she says that and then after he you know she she sees that he's still kind of upset so she suggests they kind of she wants to show him something she takes him to um the little water fountains and she shows him a little trick and the little trick is that she turns the water fountains upside down and it shoots up like a little like you know makeshift sprinkler and she's elated she's jumping up and down and she's talking about how excited this makes her and how much she loves watching this little makeshift sprinkler sometimes it just brings her so much joy and he's looking at her like it's not doing much for me <laughs> and so then he goes and he does it to all the other water fountains he switches them all up and she's even more excited and she's like oh my god this is genius you're a genius and they have this kind of plan the water moment then they have this little runaway scene in slow motion because the you know the security guy catches them and then after they kind of stop and catch their breath you know she has this this little moment when she tells him you know that was that was so much fun she's like that was so much fun you know we're having so much fun together and she says to him and she suggests this she said you know because that was so much fun I think we should have fun together time from time to time and I was like oh that was cute now that was smooth I was like okay okay you know I see what, what game she I see what kind of game she got then she goes on to say you know she's like hear me out hear me out I'm suggesting this because she's like I know you just promised those men that you never will be happy again you know that you refuse to be happy because you know everything's ruined and you deserve to be miserable I get it I understand that but you know technically you didn't you didn't cause any of this quote unquote the times did this you know back to that the times character and she's like you know the times did that you know so how about this what if we meet up and we hang out and we have fun together you know in secret and that way you can be happy with me in secret and I tell you my heart melted with that one I was like okay she got me she got me and of course she got him when I tell you you could see how his entire mood and face changed he was like melting I mean I was melting I thought it was such a beautiful little ending scene um, and that was the end of episode two and it got me it did it did get me how she kind of suggested that because she's suggesting it in the most purest innocent way ever you know she's literally just like that was fun we just ran and played in water together that was fun you know how about we do this more often and in her mind that's exactly what she means and of course we will see maybe what those that those hanging out moments will turn into but you know it still had me remember like wait but she's 18 like that does not go leave my mind at any point in these first two episodes um and that may just be something that you know shout out to Tayri like Kim Tayri the actress she she was giving high schooler man she was giving young she was giving innocent she was giving youthful I mean so much so that I at moments like I kept remembering like yeah this he's older than her she's a high schooler she's innocent she's like she's not giving him much you know what I mean and I just was like I don't know what how they're gonna make that transition um for them to be in a relationship or not but right now she's very much giving you know young high schooler and I think that's good like that's what she's supposed to give so I'm very happy with that but it did kind of make me just realize that the ending scene as lovely as it was like he's falling for her like straight up like and I don't see that from her perspective but I see that totally in his, in that moment like he was I mean the way <laughs> the way he was looking at her was just like he he was melting like 
I like I said, me too. She got me too. Like her game was good. But at the end of the day, I was like, mm, I don't know how this is gonna play out. But yeah, so that's basically episodes one and two. And my first impressions, I kind of gave you little thoughts throughout the way. And I think that, you know, those were my impressions. The first episode had me a little bored. The second episode definitely picked up a little bit because it introduced us a little bit more to some different characters. And we got a little bit deeper into this kind of whatever relationship they're trying to, you know, portray between these, you know, Yijin and Hido. Um, and even the Hido and Uterum kind of connection and what's going on with those two is kind of interesting as well. So I don't know how I feel at the end of episode two. I'm a little on the fence, I'm going to be honest, about my excitement for this drama. Like, if it, was, if it wasn't as kind of... And like I said, there were some heavy-handed moments where it was like preachy and kind of just like, okay, you're telling us, not showing us. And I and I was a little frustrated with those moments. And I, if that doesn't get better, then I'm nervous that this might be something that I might not have the kind of patience to watch. I'm going to be honest. So I really need to see what it's going to give and kind of if there is, because I don't know, I feel like someone keep saying there's going to be some kind of supernatural element to it and I don't know but I'm assuming like the 21 25 has to do when they meet again maybe I'm assuming and I know he's going to have like a new career at some point so I know they're going to time jump again so I'm you know maybe that's probably going to be the moment that's most interesting to me so I might definitely want to get to that point but this kind of early stage with them you know her in high school him you know struggling to make a make a living I'm it's, it was a little stale, a little lackluster for me, but not enough for me not to check out the next week's episode or, you know, this upcoming week's episode. So I definitely will be back, um, but I'm not going to make any promises that I'm going to, you know, this is going to be my top drama of the year or anything. Um, I'm just going to say that now. Um, but at the same time, I still have a little bit of hope, <laughs> a little bit of hope for it. Okay. So definitely I will say it's got to get through episode one or two. Um, they're not the most exciting, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to get exciting. Right? Right. So that's it. That's all I got. I'm, I'm going to leave you there. These are my first impressions. And yes, a little recap or a lot recap of, <laughs> of the um, 21, 20, or sorry, 25, 21 drama. And again, if there's anything that just like blows me out of the water at some point I'll definitely come back with maybe a midpoint to catch you guys up but if you don't hear me for a midpoint then it probably I don't know I don't okay but either way that's all for this episode thank you so much for listening and whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening I hope you have a great day so everyone it's been real Lola's off